Hi everyone, this week's podcast is a continuation from last week's talking to M Baker about her life and journey. Hope you enjoy. It's just so you started off with the exam and then you you went in and you looked at what you had left over money wise. Yeah. Um and then what what did did you you didn't go full into full-time student no, with all those no, other I, students I a leader. and yeah. stuff. So I I applied for uni, obviously. You've got to apply to get in, and I got accepted, which was great. Um, and then I got accepted at the beginning of 2000, uh, yeah, 2019, I got accepted. Um, mm. But I deferred it for the first six months while I was making sure that I could financially cope and setting myself up. Um, I wanted to make sure I had about $2,000 saved as a backup in case anything went wrong because I knew I wouldn't have any extra cash. Um, like just yeah. say, you know, my car, something went wrong with my car. So I was, I was yeah. saving that $2,000 as hard as I could. I was selling things on Facebook marketplace. I was, you know, trying really hard to get that buffer. Yeah. I um, was even doing some babysitting on the Friday night before I started work when the kids weren't with oh my to get cash, you yeah. know? Um, so once I'd saved the two grand, I knew I was into uni instead of, um, going straight to full time. I started part time. I did one unit while I was still working because I was working two part-time jobs. So I had two days a week at home by myself. So I was like, I can do this. I'll do one unit because I needed to know in myself that I would actually cope. I, I didn't even know whether my brain was actually smart enough to do a uni degree. You know, like I was 33. Yeah. It's like, it's funny. You, yeah. It's funny you say that, but yeah, I suppose once you've done school and then you left in year 11 so then to actually then go right well I'm going to go back to uni at like 34 it's like you've had a long period of time of not learning and so it's like well maybe it's changed maybe it's you know um can I do this I suppose wow um academic am I smart enough to actually pass a university unit was really daunting it was like like and I do yeah. this. And half of me knew that I would be good at being a teacher because I was so good at my job and I felt comfortable and I felt confident. Yeah. But that's very different to actually completing a university degree. You know, that's... Yeah. So it, Yeah, exactly right. And I suppose, yeah, and you can be very personable and get on with the kids and all of those sort of things. But then when you've got to actually do the hard... Well, not the hard work because that's not the hard work, but, like, do the academic stuff... Yeah, that's a little bit different. Yeah, yeah. And it is. It's a completely different type of intelligence. You know, it's a completely different type of using your brain. And I I hadn't really, like my job, I was quite naturally good at. I hadn't really used my brain in a really academic capacity for a very long time. And, and to be honest, I didn't do super well at school because I was rebelling. I wasn't engaged. So I'd never really done some significant academic work. Um so I was, I was worried. I was scared, and I didn't want to throw my whole life away without knowing that I was actually achievable. So I. So what did you tell yourself to get through? Because some people would be scared and go, "I'm scared. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm just not going to do it. Yeah. I'm just, you know, I'm just." I think yeah. for me, the the catalyst to actually get me over that hump of fear was that I almost felt like I didn't have a choice knowing that when my youngest son turned eight, that I literally would not be able to give my kids a safe lifestyle was really scary and I thought I have to do this 
for us to get somewhere. I have to do for them to be safe and I have to do it for me. I've spent 14 years, you know, raising kids and being a parent and a step parent. And I've, I I haven't done really anything for myself. I've had part-time jobs, but nothing that was significantly I did for me. That was my career and my life. Meanwhile, you know, the male counterpart that in my relationship and also in my friends' relationships, I can see all of them streaming ahead with their careers and their educations. And Mm. so many of us stay home and raise our kids and work part-time and we don't progress. And I really looked at myself and I went, I want this for me and I need this for our kids and like for our safety. And that was enough to get me over that fear to at least try it. Yeah. Look, and I've got to say to you, I like, I completely agree. Like um, I think, Single mums and single dads are um, a wasted resource because, like, we are very good at multitasking because we have to. You know, at the end of the day, we've got (laughs) three kids, eight kids, two kids. um, You know, we're running a household. We're managing a job, getting the kids to school, packing lunches, managing budgets, all of those things on our own. And, you know, we're a fantastic resource for going out into the workplace. And also, you know, it's why if you have kids, should your life stop? You should be able to go out there and do things. And, and yeah, and I suppose you had a very, very good why, why you needed to push yourself and go and go for it. And I I suppose it is all around, well, what is your why? Why do you want to do that? I mean, why do I do the podcast that I'm doing because I want to help people and I've been in dark horrible nasty places and yeah I want to be able to say hey I've been there but there is hope we, there's people like yourself Emma, and me that have gone through this and we've got out the other side and yeah we're still saying people and you know we're our kids are happy and thriving so yeah and just because your life doesn't end up the way that you had thought it would, yeah. you know, doesn't mean that you can't be amazing. You can't have a thriving, fantastic, rewarding life, even though you might be doing it by yourself or you might, you know, have ended up with a different partner than you thought you would or you might not have the life that you expected to have when you were yeah. younger or that your family expected you to have, Yeah, you know. Um, I think that was a big realisation for me is that that disappointment that I felt sometimes from my family that I didn't live up to that expectation of what they thought I was going to be and having to shed that and mm. live my life for me and and feel rewarded by the stuff I was doing even though it didn't meet the expectations of, you know, possibly my family and society, you know. But general. it's about, but in a way I look at it and go it's about what, your life meets your expectation because at the end of the day you are the most pers- important person in your life and so it's about are you happy um yeah, and and can I be proud of myself at the end of the yeah. day did I did I today be the genuine honest person that I want to be in my life did I achieve something that I wanted to achieve and you know most days I can say yes yeah well <laughs> um, I'm yeah. pretty proud of that. you know I mean you know like at the end of the day none of us are perfect and like I and I suppose that's why the title of this podcast is strong single and human because at the end of the day we're all human we all have off days the kids push buttons we're tired there's we have 10 minutes of a kid screaming at us because they you know want to have the tv on a different channel or you know all the kids are fighting or 
you know, what every anything and everything can happen, and we're all trying our best, and we're all just trying to get through get through the day and just be happy. The amount of people I have say to me, like, and it happens a lot because I live in an area where there's not very many single parents, and if mm. they are, they're they often remarried. So there's a lot of like, there is quite a lot of blended um, families, yeah. but not many like single um, mums, especially with three kids. And I I have a lot of people say to me, oh. Um, I don't know how you do it. Mm. And, you know, it's been interesting for a long time. I didn't know how to respond to that. And I sort of realized one day, you know, it's not like we have a choice, Yeah. you know, as single parents, you do it because you have to, yeah. we, you know, you get up every day and you do what you need to do to get through the day and you just manage and you just cope. And, yeah. and it's actually, like you said, it's this amazing capability and resource that we have because, you know, at the end of the day, it makes us amazingly effective you know, at time management and task management and multitasking and, you know, and and we just cope and we manage and it's it's one of those things that you sort of, you just automatically build up over time as a single parent because you have to. You do. And, I'm, and you know, I've got to say, that, you know, the first couple of years of being a single parent were bloody hard um, and I'll have to beat that out. But, you know, at the end of the day, they were hard. And I feel I'm now three years in and I now feel as though I'm getting this. But not yeah. every day. <laughs> but no, not every day no. and not, not every week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, there t- I sort of go, okay, I have a routine in my life. You know, thank God, in a way, thank God for COVID. I mean, you know, I'm in Melbourne, so we had three months of lockdown and I had, I had, a, no, no, I had a five-year-old in lockdown but if I hadn't have had COVID and I hadn't have had lockdown, I probably wouldn't have the same relationship that I've got with my son now. So, you know, that every cloud has a silver lining. And although if you'd have spoken to me in lockdown during COVID with my five-year-old, <laughs> um, yeah, there, there were days where I was just like, okay, you need to watch TV all afternoon because I've got work to do. And I'm just can't cope with this so I'm tunneling into work you can do tv and but things like that things like coping mechanism and and accepting coping mechanisms I think that's a fantastic thing that we've Mm. gained from COVID you know knowing that it's okay if my son watches tv for a few more hours than I would have accepted before COVID it's actually such a healthy thing to have you know I I am no mum who is standing on my head breastfeeding a baby cooking cookies and like, you know, I am not an Instagram influencer who is able to do all of that stuff. Um, yeah, no. There are days where I sort of sit there and go, how am I going to get through the day? I'm tired. I've had four hours sleep because my yeah. son's been up and in my bed. And, you know, and I just go, how am I going to get through the day? I've got umpteen million meetings to do, podcasts to record and edit. And, you know, um, yeah, drop him at school, make lunch, you know, do all of the things that, you know, we do, but you just do. And then, you know, at the end of the day, put into bed and... Yeah, that's definitely one thing that I love about being a single parent is I've really um, grasped the concept that I can't do everything. Mm. When I was in a relationship, I tried to be that perfect mum. I was very young and so I don't think I had a realistic expectation. I also didn't have... um, a lot of examples um, because of, you know, separated families and things like that that I'd grown up in. So I I 
really put a lot of pressure on myself to be everything. I wanted to cook every meal from scratch. I wanted to clean, yeah. clean perfect magazine house. I wanted to be the PNC mum, which I still am, but I wanted to, you know, do it all. And, yeah. and I couldn't, and I broke myself and in turn, you know, contributed to the breakdown of my relationship because I just so desperately wanted to control and manage every aspect mm. of our lives. And it wasn't until being a single parent that I realized I don't cope when I do that to myself and nobody, yeah. my children don't cope. We don't cope. And so I had to learn what tasks I could compromise on, what tasks I needed help on, what tasks mm. I could let go completely and just go, you know what, stuff it. I don't need that in my life. Yeah. You know, I'm going to sacrifice that. And there was a few things that I got um, help with that I would never have dreamed of getting help with. So I have a yeah. once a fortnight. Um, yeah. She does my bathrooms. It's $50. So it's, you know, something that I make a sacrifice. I don't get my nails done. I don't really wear makeup. I don't buy a lot of clothes. So instead, yeah. my thing that I do for myself is I have a cleaner. She comes once a fortnight. She does my bathrooms and the floors. And that, you know, that outsourcing of that job for me is enormous. The pressure yeah. and the stress that it takes off me. Like some people hate doing laundry. Some people hate cooking. I am terrible at cleaning bathrooms. <laughs> Well, look, mine is I don't iron anything. My mum has a fit because she goes, I can't believe you don't iron anything. But I go, it washes, I put it out on the line, I bring it in, I fold it up or I hang it and I don't iron it. And if I need to iron it, I iron it when I'm about to wear it because it saves me time. Exactly. You probably save yourself hours a week that you then use in other aspects of your life. You use it to do a podcast or you use it at work, which in turn makes more money, you know. And I found that I found I was much better off spending my time doing my uni assessments that in the long term would create us a better life than I was dressing and, you know, huffing and puffing, cleaning a bathroom that I hated and that I did a terrible job of and that I would procrastinate doing and then create more mental load for myself because of the procrastination. You know, it's just done. It just happens. It's done. And it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. (laughs) I know. No, no, no. And and look, I completely agree with you. I mean, look, it's, and I agree, like at the end of the day, if you decide that having somebody come around and clean the house is more important than getting your nails done or getting new clothes or whatever, that's great because yeah. that's helping you. Yeah. And it's around like it's around assessing what you want to do, what you need to have done um, and what, you know, yeah, you know, some people it wouldn't be, but that's okay. We're all different, unique people. So, yeah. And I, I do things a lot differently to I would have before I don't ever try and manage a whole task at once you know I don't go and do washing and then try and fold it all at once every single night before I go to bed I put on one load of washing and every single morning I hang out one load of washing and I find as long as I do that every night and every morning I don't get this giant pile up like I used to have a couch covered in laundry you know that would be this constant like look I've got three days of folding to do you know, little tiny things like that. You know, my kids make their own lunches. We come home from school, they unpack their bags, I wash the lunchboxes and they make their own lunches. And that was like, I just had to get them to do that because it meant that I could cope better the following morning and I didn't have to, you know. There was just these little things that I slowly had to learn, you know, to manage and to cope with so that our life functioned better and was more, you know. No, 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 no. I completely get you. I completely get you. So how, so have you finished your um, degree then? How long have you got left to do? 
So I'm technically at the moment halfway. It's a four-year oh, degree. Okay. So I did, yeah, so I did some part-time and then I went to full-time. Once I realised I was okay, I jumped in and went full-time and quit my job, which was one of the scariest days of my life. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, my, you know, my boss was over the moon for me. She was really happy. She was really supportive. So that helped, but I was still very nervous. It's very scary, um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, but it was fabulous. I love uni. I love all my young friends who make me feel very old. (laughs) (laughs) They make me feel really old then, so don't go there. (laughs) But there's a few other mature age students too, so I'm not on my own, so that's really nice. Um, And I've realised I'm actually very good at it because mature age students have a lot of life experience. Yeah. You know, and we're not out partying and drinking. We actually want to be there. We're really focused on it. So I actually do quite well at uni, which I was awesome. very surprised. Yeah, it was really nice. It was it was a nice little bonus actually and a reward to the whole effort it was to get there. Yeah. Um, so I have done uh, a year of uni online, which was not fun. Yeah. No, I can <laughs> so imagine. Yeah, so they switched us over to online. Um, I did it with, you know, homeschooling two kids and a preschooler at home. Yeah. Um, so that was interesting. There was a lot of late nights last year because I was managing their homeschooling during the day and then having to do my uni work at night. Yeah. So that was that was the challenge, but we got there. Yeah. I had a lot of berries, <laughs> <laughs> um, study snacks. Um, so I've got two years left, this year and, and next year, and then yeah. I'll be done. And what do the kids think of you being a full-time student and not working? Like, mummy is a student. Yeah, I think in a lot of ways um, they actually enjoy it because I'm technically I'm home more, yeah. you know, instead of rushing to work every morning and being late home and then having to go to after-school care or be home by themselves, I, um, I'm i home. My hours are a lot more flexible, yeah. um, which is really nice. They'll probably get a bit of a rude shock when I start doing prac. <laughs> but um, in that respect... That was something I hadn't anticipated and it was a really nice bonus, um, especially with my youngest starting school this year. It meant I can do most of the drop-offs and pickups because my uni is quite flexible, um, which was great. Um, my daughter um, my daughter was really actually quite lovely. It was last year when we were all sort of stuck at home and she she was, you know, after one of my Zoom lecture classes, yeah. she said, I love that you do uni, Mum. It looks so fun. You know, um, I'm so proud of you that you're going to be a teacher. It's so cool. Like she sort of, you know, a few comments like that. And it just, it made it really special for yeah. me. Really, yeah. And, it, and I suppose it's nice because the kids are seeing you do uni. And so, you know, it's it's not a scare. Like, and I don't know, like I've never been to uni. So, um, you know, hats off to you for doing it at, at the age you are and and you know I've never I've never done that and um you know I've done a lot of courses and I've got a lot of qualifications but I've never done the official degree thing yeah. but um but it must be good for the kids to see you do it because if they see mum do it then you know there's a possibility that if they want to go and do something that requires a yeah. degree they can go and do it well in my education classes I actually learned um that you know, you know when you um, fill out forms, they often ask you what your highest level of education is. Yeah. So all that kind of like statistical information that they gather, one of the reasons they do it apparently is because you have a much higher chance of having a tertiary education yourself if your family members have had one. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's like a proper statistical, you know, fact. And I found that really interesting. And, like, my sister um, went to university but neither of my parents did. 
and um, feeling like in some way we're breaking that cycle or bettering our family and giving our kids a better opportunity by by getting that education is you know it's a really nice feeling and um and it makes it worth some of the long nights yeah I can imagine <laughs> yeah. so what's your plans after uni then so what happens next yeah, so I will hopefully pass everything as long as I pass on my oh, subjects. There's no I'm, hopefully, you pass. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, think positively. Some, some days I want to just throw it all in the bin. Yeah. Um, but um, if as long as I pass everything, I should graduate um, on time just before my youngest turns eight. So I'll graduate hopefully in the December awesome. and he'll turn eight in March. So that gives me sort of, you know, the start of the next year to find a job. Oh, my gosh, I know. <laughs> yeah. I sort of have the, in the back of my head, I have the hope that because I have quite a lot of experience in schools already, that it will be relatively easy for me to find a job. Knock on wood, that may not be the case. Yeah. Um, in that case, I will hopefully just do casual teaching until I get a decent job, um, which is still, like casual teaching is still better money than I was on as a LSO. So um, that's a nice kind of back up in my mind that mm -hmm. even if it doesn't go exactly as I want it to that will still be safe yeah um um I'm already thinking about possibly doing a master's afterwards oh I'm in fantastic <laughs> well um yes that's one of the words I would say oh my gosh no that's awesome yeah I sort of figured like I'm already in study mode if I just continue maybe then it won't be such a shock you know trying well, to if you and enjoy then... it as well yeah, and it's actually interesting how much I've enjoyed the actual learning part. I love reading. I love gaining all the knowledge. And I love feeling like I'm doing something that's improving me and is for me as a human and not just me as the mum slave, you know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that may be the case. I may be completely burnt out and just be like, no, stuff it. I'll just um, teach for a while. Um, but then the plan after that, I guess, um, which I would really love to do is to save a deposit for a property because oh, okay. I feel, you know, once I've got a decent income that that would be my next big goal would be yeah. to really try and buy us a home. Yeah, no, that's fair enough. Where, whereabouts are you? You're... I'm in Sydney, Sydney, so it's pretty so, yeah. here. <laughs> oh, no. Well, I'm in Melbourne, so I, I, <laughs> I definitely feel for you. Yeah, no, exactly right. No, Um. Yeah, we're in the two most expensive cities in the country, I think, at the moment. But it's all good. It's fine. There's always hope. That's There's it. Always... And I mean, you've got to start somewhere, right? If I can at least maybe get a small apartment as an yeah. investment or something, just, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. and that's what a lot of people, um, I know that's what a lot of people are doing, is they get a small, um, they get a two-bedroom apartment or whatever um, and have that as an investment, which gives them a foot on the ladder to then actually be able to, um you know progress on to um that bigger yeah. property and you know that investment can then contribute to paying off your rent because you're going getting somebody renting from you to give you an income or something so uh, yeah there's a whole myriad of different things you can do so yeah no i'm i know exactly what you mean and no, it might not enough. be it might not be the sort of you know black and white this is the way you thought your life was going to go plan but whichever path i end up taking the yeah. long-term thing is eventually hopefully I will end up with a good career that I love and a stable home you yeah. know for me and the kids and that's all I can really hope for you know and I just I'll be so happy if I can do that independently and and 
you know, I'll be really proud of myself that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, and no, and I think you've done a fantastic job. You know, you've come out of a relationship with nothing and basically, you know, strive to put your kids into an education and put you into education and, and basically, you know, survive, basically thrive. And you're thriving and surviving yeah. um, from like nothing basically and it and you and you you know the first to admit that it hasn't all been a bed of roses but like it's fantastic and it's easy to feel sorry for yourself too like I've had those moments where I'm like I look at a lot of my friends who have great Mm. marriages or at least good marriages who have really supportive family um you know and I sort of I have had those dark moments where I'm like why did my life not work out like that why have I not got that support that they've got you know why is it that my life seems to be so much harder and then I really have had to work on not doing that and stopping myself and being super grateful for what I have like I have incredible friends particularly my best you know she has been the best support network for me and I am super grateful like I can't even tell you she is worth her weight in gold, the things. That oh, she- look, and <laughs> and I have, and I know, and I completely agree with you. Like I'm in a foreign country because I wasn't born here. Mm. So I moved here 13 years ago. And, um, oh, God, if it wasn't for my friends, and, you know, thank God for Facebook, would yeah. I be saying this? I don't know. But, like, um, FaceTime and being able to speak to my mum and dad every day, um my son being able to I mean you know there are have been times especially during lockdown where he would sit there and go I want to speak to Nana because I don't want to speak to you anymore um because we've been we've been locked in a house 24 7 um and yeah and good old Dan had said no you only got 5k's to walk so I mean you know after a couple of weeks of walking just 5k's from the house my son was like really we're gonna do this again (laughs) so you know um yeah so um it's only natural, you know, he's going, obviously, we're going to walk around the block again, or you want me to ride my bike around here again. So, you know, so he was yeah. like, I need to talk to Nana. And like, we'd speak to my mum and dad, uh, it would be very early in the morning in the UK, but we'd speak to them every morning. Mm. At our, our dinner time, their morning, um, and nine times out of 10, they're in bed because they're retired. Um, so yeah, you know, um, thank God for that. And like you, um, I've got friends who all the way through my relationship and also the separation uh, phone me every week yeah. hi i'm just phoning you know how are you I check in yeah. um and oh my god you know they're just i uh, i'm indebted to them um you know i don't think i would be the person i am today without those people and knowing in your mind and in your heart that you're not alone is massive yeah. whether it's yeah. you know a close friend or a relative that's close by or a relative that's far away or a decent neighbour. I've had some fantastic neighbours as well, you know, or the psychologist, just knowing that there is somebody somewhere who gives two cents about your life and who you can call in that hour where you're in tears and you're not coping, you know, and they don't even have to actually physically do anything to help, just be there to listen. You know, yeah. having a support network and building a support network of some kind is so valuable. I just... Yeah, like, I, I agree with you. And, like, I, you know, sometimes I sort of speak to my friends and go, right, I need you just to talk me off the ledge because I'm on the ledge at the moment and I'm just going to rant for five minutes and then 
then I'll be fine. And like they're like, oh, okay, here we go then. We'll just sit back. We'll just get a coffee and wait for things to come through. Yeah. But yeah, no. Um, and, you know, um, I completely agree with you because it's extremely lonely being a single parent because it's not as though you can go out and socialise and do things because you've got the yeah. kids to look after. That actually does get easier, I've noticed. I didn't, until I stopped yeah. and looked at it in retrospect, I used to be extremely lonely. I used to really not cope with the evenings by myself um, and hence mm. why, you know, I would fill that space with dating and apps and things like that. And um, But I, I really, as the time goes on, I mean, we're six and a half years, almost seven years down the well, track yeah. now. Yeah. I, yeah, I've become really comfortable with my own company and now I'm at the point where, and I'm quite an extroverted person, I tend to need other people and need energy and um, socialisation, but I've now come to the point where if I have a day without kids, I can actually often choose to be by myself, either at home or to go and do something alone. And and that for me is a real revelation. Yeah. I was like, wow, where we've come to where that loneliness has actually become comfortable you know, and and re-energizing. Whereas before, it was it was scary and and me too. Annoying. I can't like yeah. I like I don't have my son this weekend, and I'm like I can't wait. Like I love my yes. son and I miss him to bits. But I'm sitting yeah. there going, oh my god! I get all this time. I can read. I can catch up on Netflix. I can and it and I don't actually want anybody in yeah. you know to come to. I mean, I do, I do. I love having friends visit and stuff like that. But I'm more than happy to just not do anything. Go to the beach and go and walk. Uh, I live near the beach. Yeah. But go to the beach and walk uh, on the beach for two hours. Listen to a podcast. Um, yeah, and go and sit in a coffee shop. It's so important. And to get to that place where you're comfortable with yourself enough to to be out in public yeah. by yourself and not feel, you know, alone or not feel like you need somebody with you yeah. to go to the new coffee shop you know yeah it's really yeah, nice it's a nice sort of comfortable I thing. think you and I have like we've, we've definitely gone through a lot and, and come out the other <laughs> side it's great no I'm like no it's brilliant thank you so much for coming on the podcast it's brilliant talking to you I mean crikey we've no been worries. talking for ages but no it's it's great no it's lovely to hear about your journey and everything that you've actually been through and you know it's you know getting out the other side and stuff like that now I ask this question to everyone who's on my podcast if you could have a superpower and I know we're super in lots of other ways but if you could have a superpower <laughs> what would be your superpower yeah. gee it's funny, you know, if you had asked me that question maybe three years ago, I probably would have given you a completely different answer. But today, you know, with my current life and I guess my, like, plan for the future and my career path that I really want to be on, I think it would actually be the power of being able to remember everything I hear and read, like having a, oh you know, a super, a super amazing yeah. memory. Super memory. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds like a funny superpower, I guess, in a way, but, you know, because I, you know, rely so much on my memory for work and for learning and then the ability to be a good teacher as well and be able mm. to have enough memory capacity for all the facts and stuff to make me a great teacher. Um, and just I think I've really realised as well how valuable education is. Like I've been doing a lot of reading on like um, feminism and equality and things like that and really trying to better myself, you know, in those respects. And if I could just remember it all better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Um, Don't go there. 
I'm getting old and I can't even remember where I believe my car keys. So I know what you mean. Yeah. Like it's so funny. It just, it would just be wonderful to be able to read a book and remember all of it. So you could use it better and it would make you better at your job and you know, you could earn more money. And like, I just, yeah, I would love that. Yeah, no, that's fair (laughs) enough. No, that's a fair, yeah, no. As I get older, I'm definitely needing that superpower. I know, I know, definitely. <laughs> well, and also, I mean, you you know, you've got three times baby brain. I've only got one times baby brain. So I, you know, oh, fair yeah. enough. Yeah, don't. And that is such a real thing. Anybody who yeah. says that's not true. No, it's oh. rubbish. I'm, yeah, no, baby brain, definitely. Hormones, God love them. Like, you know. I, and the- the amazing thing about how much stress affects your memory, like I've really noticed that the more stressed I am, the worse my memory is. Well, it's, and I really need it to it, be the opposite. It's very funny because I have a lovely, lovely um, author coming on who has actually um, researched uh, stress on the female brain. And, yeah, and so she's and actually looked that. really in-depth at um, how stress affects the female brain, but then also about how what we can do to actually feed the brain so how we can actually feed our brain to make it better so um yeah watch out for that coming forward okay I will definitely yeah no definitely (laughs) definitely I've actually bought she's got a recipe book that's um all for feeding the brain and stuff like that so I've actually got I bought that and um yeah I'm doing recipes and bits and pieces out of that so I said to her I'd feedback on how my brain is doing because it's like not doing very well at the moment but yeah no it's all good no it's brilliant look thanks um for coming on it's been a pleasure talking to you um no thank you so much for having me it was really if anyone wanted to speak to you about uh, anything that we've discussed do you have any way of them getting in contact with you or do you want them to contact me and i'll forward it on to you how do you how do you want to deal with that yeah no that's fine um, I've got an Instagram page that I sort of chuck up a few like single mum things and just, you know, try to be honest and real um, on there. So that's called single M plus three. Um, so they can jump onto Instagram and just send me a private message or tune into that. I'll post um, the details. Yeah, so I'll post the link free. as well on our details so that they've got that. But the, no, great. Awesome. Yeah. I okay, well, love having other single mums like, you know, join in and like, me stuff because we all have such different journeys it's really nice to hear from other people and have you know those conversations so that would be great no I completely agree with you we do all they're similar but they're not if you see what I mean and we do have completely different journeys and we all should like single mums single dads we all should sit together and um help each other through this no I completely agree completely agree look it's been awesome talking to you today thank you um it's been brilliant Thank you. Bye. Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this podcast and would like to hear more, please hit subscribe wherever you like to hear podcasts. If you'd like to support us further, share this episode with your friends and family on all the usual social media platforms that you're normally on. And finally, drop us a review on iTunes as I'd love to hear your thoughts, comments and ideas. It all helps me to understand and produce awesome content that I know you're going to want to hear like this. If you want to check out past episodes, write to us, appear on the podcast, or for links, resources, and show notes, go to our website, www.strongsingleandhuman.com. We are also on all the usual social media platforms, Insta, Facey, and Twitter. 
Have a wonderful week and I hope to see you back here again soon. Be kind to yourself and remember, no one's perfect and we're all just putting one foot in front of the other and doing our best. I'm Claire Martin and you've been listening to the Strong, Single and Human podcast.